This episode is sponsored by the Atlas Obscura podcast, inspiring wonder and curiosity about the incredible world we all share. Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to a special bonus episode of Out There. We're switching things up a little this time. Instead of sharing a story of our own, we're going to play you a story from a new podcast that I think you're going to love. It's called the Atlas Obscura Podcast, and it's made by Witness Docs and, you guessed it, the travel and experience company Atlas Obscura. The podcast is hosted by Dylan Thuris, the co-founder of Atlas Obscura. On the show, he and other contributors take your ears on an audio journey to discover new, strange, and wondrous places from all over the world. Each episode is 15 minutes or less, so it's great for those of us with busy schedules. If you follow the show in your favorite podcast app, you'll get a new episode in your feed every day, Monday through Thursday. That's right, this is a daily podcast. Not only does Atlas Obscura introduce you to new and amazing locations, but you'll also hear stories and history from the people who make these places special. So without further ado, let's listen to an episode of the Atlas Obscura podcast. We're going to hear about Pyramiden, an abandoned Soviet mining town, frozen in both time and in ice. Thanks to its Arctic climate, scientists predict that it will resist decay longer than any other human settlement in modern history. So now, close your eyes and prepare to be transported straight to Pyramiden. They left the town just as they built it. And it may well stay that way for the next 500 years. What are we going to leave behind? What will be left standing when we're no longer here? Our cities, our landfills, what will humanity's legacy be once we're gone? On the archipelago of Svalbard, floating between Norway and the North Pole, an abandoned Soviet mining town sits frozen in time and in ice. It's called Pyramiden, like the pyramids. And like the pyramids, scientists believe that this town will be preserved for a long, long time, thanks to the Arctic climate. A legacy of sorts. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're visiting this ghost town, out there under the northern lights, way out in the middle of the Arctic Sea. Who built Pyramiden, and why did they leave? On Svalbard, chances are pretty good you'll run into a reindeer before you find another person. Svalbard is an archipelago made up of nine islands, and it sits at a kind of crossroads. Greenland to the west, Russia to the east, Scandinavia to the south, and the vast expanse of the Arctic Ocean to the north. For centuries, no nation on Earth had officially claimed the islands, 
So sailors from all over freely used it as a base. Norway was finally granted it in 1920, but then they left it open to other countries for development. And that's where the Soviets came in. They came to the town in 1927, named it for the pyramid-shaped mountain visible in the distance, and they started mining. And it was a, a contract town. Uh, most of the people were there for uh, like two years, perhaps four. That's Hein Bjerk. For years, he was Norway's cultural heritage officer for the Svalbard region. Though Pyramiden was built up with many of the same drab block-style buildings of the motherland, it was far more than just a charmless gulag. The town is full of interesting things to see, and I think uh, a person from uh, from the West would surely notice this difference. It had a plush movie house. It boasted the world's northernmost grand piano, and most notably, it had a tavern decorated with more than 5,000 empty, colorful glass bottles. Then they had a greenhouse with parsley and onions and salad and uh, many of those fresh things. It was quite impressive how they, how they managed to, uh, to have a kind of a system going there with growing food up in the barren north. It was kind of a self-sufficient society. Uh, very little was uh, disposed of in the garbage dump. And most of the garbage was <laughs> organic, uh, made into... Uh, compost, and it was fed to the animals, the pigs, the chickens. So it's quite impressive how, how they make this. Not because they were primarily occupied with the environment, but because it paid to do that way. And then, one day, just like that, there are no human beings there at all. The, the coal, Russian coal mining, mining company, they they quit uh, in 1998. Uh, at that time, there was, a, there was nobody there. It was a very abrupt process. Of course, it has to do with the Soviet the, uh, Union that was uh, dissolved in the 1990s. They speeded up the process. So... Uh, we didn't know from one year to the next that they were actually going to be to be gone. So we were a bit surprised, I remember. <laughs> the town were left for eight years and, you know, it was... Uh, the seabirds had moved in and make nests in all the windowsills and uh, mm. it was dusty and the paint was flaking and... Uh, He's describing what Pyramiden looked like when he went back there in 2006. And they, they were polar bears. We could see the tracks in the mud in, in different parts of town. Polar bears patrolling the empty streets, rummaging in the empty rooms. It was all still there. The piano, the bar, the theater. Just the people were missing. Unless you count the statue of Vladimir Lenin, who presides over the otherwise empty streets of Pyramiden. On the walls, there was this calendars, and they were crossed off mm. the days, you know, counted down. <laughs> These two years were over, and they should go back. And the pictures on, on the walls of the things that were not in Baron Svalbard, but uh, uh, pets, dogs, mm. uh, nice rivers and woods. And uh, you can sense the longing for 
Ukraine and Russia, where those people come from, where they have their kids and their relatives. Uh, isolation must have, has been taking its toll, I think. These days, after nearly 20 years in the dark, Pyramiden is once again home to people. This time it's tourists, not miners. And the town is accessible for visits between May and October. It has armed guards to protect against polar bears, and there's even a hotel retrofitted from one of the Soviet block buildings. There are also permanent residents, six people who tend to the tourists, including one metalhead who deemed himself the world's most northern headbanger. But traveling to Pyramiden remains a difficult trip. You have to take a flight from Oslo to Svalbard, and then you can get there by boat in the summer or snowmobile in the winter. But the trip may be worth it. It's essentially time travel, an untouched portal into a past that no longer exists, or to a future yet to come. The Atlas Obscura podcast is out now. Four days a week, Monday through Thursday, you'll get a brand new episode, no longer than 15 minutes. A new wonder, every day. Subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or wherever you listen. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This bonus episode of Out There was brought to you by the Atlas Obscura podcast. You can find their show wherever you get your podcasts.